0: Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 428. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here And I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, who I think might be like sister from another mother, just based upon all the similarities that we already see in common. What do you think, Amy? Oh, yes. (laughs) Amy Lyle, who's the author of the book of failures. But yeah, sorry. See, look at me. I'm interrupting already. I'm so sorry. But I think that we are like kindred spirits
1: somehow. Yes, I was reading, like, I have chronic work disorder. We're both closing on Houses Friday. We're both, you live in Ohio. I'm from Ohio. Yes. And Murphy's Law follows both of us around at all times. Does it ever? Yes. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, and I'm just
0: going to spill it right out here. So positive productivity is not about perfection. We had to reschedule this call once because there was an issue at the kids' daycare. We had the fire in the backyard about a month ago. Apparently, there's been three more such incidents in my neighborhood just in the last three days. I think it's with the hot, hot, hot that we're experiencing here in Ohio. So about two minutes before we were supposed to get on the line, even aside from having to deal with all the mortgage stuff, like there was another power outage just a block from my house. I'm like sitting here thinking, all right, is this call going to happen? I was just waiting for my power to go out. There is nothing less fun. Okay, there's a lot of stuff less fun. But having your power go out when it's 100 degrees outside.
1: Oh, I know. We're in Atlanta. It is hot, 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 and we get those violent kind of summer storms, and you're right, it, it knocks out the power often, you know, frequently. It's been really hot like 96, 97 uh-huh. every day. They call it Hot Atlanta for a reason. It is really steamy here.
0: Yeah. My son's actually called Ohio last night, the Ohio swamp. which I had never thought about before because, well, I mean, we're close to a river, which does tend to flood a little bit. I wouldn't really think of it as swamp. I think of Florida, a swamp. I don't want to insult any Floridians here, but this is like we filled up our pool on Saturday and it was empty within 24 hours. The little kid pool, not that we don't have a big pool. Just need to make that clear. It's (laughs) It's like Now I understand the benefit of pool coolers. Like I have heard of pool warmers, you know, heated pools, I guess that would be the right way to say.
1: But Mm -hmm. are there such things as cooled pools? I don't know the answer to that. We live close to the lake, and the lake water is so hot, it's actually dangerous because the bacteria thrives in the warm water. And it must smell. I don't know if it smells, but it's kind of gross. It's so warm. It's not refreshing. Like you're out and you want to jump in, you know, something cool. And it's almost like bath water. It's so hot. There's some sections of the lake that are super, super deep. And so those are nice and cool, but the rest of the lake is quite warm right now.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. I'll pass on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get to writing your book?
0: Like what happened in your life that brought you to that point and then to where you are today? And I stack questions. It's just, I say, how about I can't break? And I don't really care to because it's fun because my brain is on like super power overdrive. I've been watching
1: too much Power Rangers with my kids. But yeah, how did all this come to be? Yeah, I get that question a lot. Like, why in the world would you write a book about all your failures? You And most people, they put just being humiliated or talking about their failures right in between like their fear of spiders and death. They don't not like to talk about failures. And I know that for a fact because I'm writing a second book called The Failures of My Friends. Kim, I know you have stories for me. And so I'll Just ask like people, I'm like, tell me a funny story about an airplane. Tell me a funny story about a coworker. Tell me a funny story about getting fired. And they clam up. And so it's been so funny that I could write my own 267-page book of failures. And I'm about halfway through writing the second one, The Failures of My Friends. But the book of Failures. It's actually called the Amy Beneger Chemist Lyle Book of Failures. I wanted it to scream, this chick has some problems, (laughs) which I think it does, was actually born, of course, from a failure. So I am a screenwriter and I had written a screenplay under the mentorship of this great guy. His name's Rodney Henson, and he used to vet films for Disney for like 10 years. And so I asked him to be my mentor, and he said yes, which is so generous because I had no idea the effort and work he would put into working with me. It was so sweet. He took me like through a mini film school. But anyway, so he just cut the film very structurally sound. So when we were done with the film, he said, I'm going to introduce you to my. Entertainment attorney, and he emailed the entertainment attorney and told him I'd be calling. And I called him, and the entertainment attorney's Wilshire Drive out in Los Angeles. And he answered the phone and he said, "I know who you are, and I don't care how funny your movie is. You are nobody. You don't know anyone, and you don't have any money. I will not represent you." Oh, yeah. And so I was like, "That makes me so expletive sad." Yes. I was so sad. And he started giggling and he said call me back tomorrow. I'm going to give you some free advice. So I called him back and he said, look, you can't just roll out of the suburbs with your four kids and your dogs and hand me a screenplay. You need to get on the map. You need to write a blog. You need to write a book. You have to be searchable on the internet. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to write about? And he's like, write what you expletive. No. And he hung up and, um, you know, it did not hurt my feelings. I was in sales for 20 years. He is a very established entertainment attorney and you know what? It was great free advice. It was good advice. And so immediately Kim, I'm like, I have had a lot of failures and it was so fun writing it. And it, you know, they're very lighthearted failures. It's like, I mean, some of them are sad, but most of them are like, falling down, you know, in front of my whole office and like really embarrassing or, you know, relationship fails where when I was single, I was in a car and I thought this guy was flirting with me and I stopped at the stop, flipped my hair and rolled down the window and he's like, um, hey lady, your belt is like dangling off on the road. And, um, just like, I think all of us have we're trying to be good moms. We're trying to be good dads. We're trying to be good employees. We're trying to be good spouses or have good friendships. And we fail all the time. And I think those failures are funny. And I think they bring people together. I think this whole like trying to look perfect on social media it makes people feel less. Bring people together. That's why we're... Amy,
0: I don't know if it's my internet or yours, but it it broke up just for a second. Talk about... Failures. We're just gonna roll with it, listeners. There's a reason why the show wasn't called Positive Perfection. Okay, Positive <laughs> Productivity. It's not about perfection, even though I couldn't hear. And maybe it does come through in the recording. Like I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to you at all, but here's just another example, right? Like we're recording a podcast, and all of a sudden, nothing. Again, I don't know if it was my side or Amy's, but who cares? It's just reinforcing the point. Amy, I have had <laughs> so many failures. I've never shared this on the podcast. I got my first period, I know this is way TMI, on my eighth grade class trip to Washington, D.C.
1: Everybody had somebody in eighth grade that started their period in class. I mean, yeah. you can remember it. 30 years later, you're like, oh, yeah, Jennifer Buttonucker, you know, still had the white pants on. Uh-huh. It just, it happens. I was
0: walking up to the Capitol building and my friends run up and they're like, Put your coat around your waist.
1: Oh, that's sad.
0: Yeah. But I mean, and now that I have two daughters, I'm like, oh, please, God, teach me. Like, just help me get them through those years with nothing like that. Chances of that happening where it's nothing. If you're a woman, you understand. Chances of that happening are probably slim to none in my personal opinion
1: and experience. Mm -hmm. But yeah,
0: I burn dinner like every other day.
1: One time I put on Facebook, I burned the pasta and I didn't burn the pasta like in a pan. I actually caught the box of pasta on fire Uh from the gas stove. So yeah, (laughs) I am a troubled, but you know what? I have a good life. Like I just, if I focused on all the failures, I'd probably be in a mental institution, but I really don't. I just, I feel like having failures and sharing them with others which I found like on my Amazon reviews or when people email me or whatever, they're like, you made me feel more normal. Or some of them are like, do you have a camera in my house? Because that's what's going on in my house too. You know, I'm trying to figure out how to be a stepmom. I'm trying to figure out you know, all the things that you try to figure out. Is that your- figureoutable, by the way? No, it's not. You just have to get up one more day and tackle it again. Okay,
0: yeah, because I seem to be failing in the stepmom department.
1: It's really unfriended. hard. On Facebook. (laughs) No. Oh, no. My kids, they're really perfectly normal kids, but there's three of them. And then I have a kid, and all four of our kids are normal, but normal kids are a handful. They are. They're sassy. They have a lot of wants. They ask a lot of questions. So it doesn't really, that adds an element of difficulty to it. But I think all kids are not easy.
0: Mm. And we're lucky that that we don't
1: have any with Uh, And we're very blessed not to have
0: extra God-given challenges. Yes, exactly. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So I will not deny for a second that I use electronic forms of babysitting when I am busy with client work.
1: (laughs) No, 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 never. No. Yeah. I will not admit that I sometimes give the kids my credit card and say, take the golf cart and go get pizza or ice cream to get out of my face for five minutes. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying I've seen it work. Uh Uh-huh. Other people have done that and it seems like it works.
0: Uh huh. Well, (laughs) I think they were watching Sing and they learned the oh my gosh. Look at her butt. It is so big. (laughs) They have taken that song and they have turned it into oh my gosh. Look at mama's boobs. They are oh. so big. And they sing it at the grocery. That's just one of the many reasons why I won't take my kids to the grocery anymore.
1: Oh, my gosh. Our kids latch on to certain words, like the word salty, like don't be salty. And then now the word is like extra. That's so extra. I'm like, quit saying that. You're teenagers. It sounds so perfectly teenagery, but stop doing it.
0: <laughs> extra. I haven't heard that one yet. I've heard salty. My kids are saying yeah. that right now. Well,
1: extra is coming. Like, that's okay. extra. It, yeah, it mean hasn't so, made it know. to
0: Ohio yet. It'll make it here in, like, two years, right, in time for the next word to be coming out. That's how
1: the- I feel about Georgia haircuts. Like, our haircuts are, like, two years behind, like, L.A. or New York.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> just put Ohio another two years behind that.
1: Yeah. And then Ohio after that, probably. I don't know. I saw a woman mullet over the weekend. <gasps> wow. You know what? I kind of had in college really long hair and we all cut our hair like by our ears. Like it wasn't kind of like a country person's mullet, but it was like a spiral perm. And we did trim up by our ears where it almost looked like our hair was behind our ears. I don't know if you ever did that, but we had giant spiral perms in high school. That was, you know, 1989 and then college in the 90s. Okay.
0: The yeah. bigger the better. I did middle school, high school in the
1: nineties. Did you have big hair?
0: No. Well, why? My hair is so fine that it can't hold a curl for more than ten minutes. Unless that's I why we it. got spiral perms. I had to have my hair permed three times in
1: order for it to stick. Oh my gosh! That's well, not, you're in style now because the straight, straight is really. I in know, style. but I gave birth to girls with curly hair.
0: How does oh, that happen? My gosh. Well, I know. I mean, it came from my husband. My husband had long curly
1: hair in high school. Does that help? Yes. Yes, it does. I would love to have curly hair. A mop. I love like Nicole Kidman, like crazy curly hair. I think it's so cute. But I don't. I have really straight hair, too.
0: So when I I went to art school after high school, I um, went to the school, the Art Institute of Chicago, and I wanted to be different. But in the week before I actually left for college, I... I got this crazy thought through my head that I wanted to be differently the same. So rather than take my long straight hair from high school with me, I decided I wanted to fit in more with the art school kids. And there was a gap ad where this girl had like a pixie cut and I cut all my hair off
1: so that I would fit in at art school. I had to cut my hair off a moment. I had super long hair. I remember it was Ohio State, and it was really long. And I said, maybe I should get some layers. And I remember she's like, no layers are out. So I did this. I got the short pixie cut, and literally within minutes, it was like the hottest hairstyle was the layered Rachel look from Friends.
0: Oh my gosh. Like I would have
1: had the perfect hair mm-hmm. for the friend's look, but I was delayed by like five years because I had cut it all off. Because
0: you had to grow it back out. I, can't, I had to
1: grow it back out. I worked at a record store
0: because at that time I mean DVDs weren't even out yet. Created, sure. Yeah. Well I mean they were just coming out. I think it was laser discs that were out at that point, but people were I worked at a store called Coconuts. And people were still buying tape cassettes, people were just, I mean, I had a, had a CD player for a couple of years, but I worked there and I had my pixie cut and I we all had dress shirts that we had to wear with black slacks. And there were so many times people called me, sir. Sir, can you help me? And I turned around <laughs> and I've got makeup on. And the, but they were sort of confused. They didn't know if I was actually still a sir and maybe just wearing makeup, considering the art school was just a block down the road. I mean, it could have right. been, but oh, oh! Uh, excuse me, can you help me? And then they just take off, sir or ma'am, and they just don't say anything.
1: Well, I would have been called sir for sure because I had no boobs. Oh. Like I always wanted boobs my whole life and I never got boobs. So 35, I just finally bought some boobs. They're size small, but still, <laughs> I had literally my father's chest. That's who I inherited. I had his chest, no mm-hmm. boobs at all. Yeah, deprived.
0: I got my dad's nose. <laughs> But not as boobs, that's good. No, but a doctor told me he could fix my nose if I wanted him to.
1: I think you have a nice nose. I'm looking at your picture right now as I'm yeah. talking
0: to you. I went in to this doctor to talk about having... I had braces for seven years through middle and high school. And mm-hmm. the last step was possibly getting my jaw broken and replaced, like <gasps> posi- oh positioned. So mm. we get to the appointment and the doctor's talking about the jaw, that surgery... And he looks at me and he's like, oh, and I can fix your nose while you're in there. And my mom didn't like the fact that he said that my lips could go numb forever off the ah. jaw surgery. So she nixed the whole surgery altogether. And mm-hmm. it took me years to get over that because I was actually resentful because I wanted, I never saw the issue with my jaw or my nose until the doctors told me that I should have it fixed. So it took me years to get over being mad at my mom for not letting me go through with it. But Mm -hmm. then when I was 30, 31, I decided to get braces again because I was going to do it myself. And then one day I just woke up. I was like, why? What am I actually fixing? Because there's nothing wrong. I can chew. I can smell. (laughs) I can breathe. Some doctor just wanted $40,000 plus off this surgery. So do I really need to get it?
1: Okay, you know what's so weird? So, okay, so I write the book of failures, and the entertainment lawyer is like, you have to get as much press as possible, right? Because you want to be searchable. And so I went on this campaign, which I'm, you know, obviously still doing. That's why I'm here with you today. I'm like, Kim, please interview me. But I have been so lucky to land a morning show spot in Atlanta. There's a really great morning show, it's called Atlanta Company. And so I have, I'm like a regular guest on there it's so fun and the part that I'm on is like a round table. and so they discuss topics and it's so funny I was on there yesterday and the topic was plastic surgeons are reporting that there is this mass increase of teenagers getting breast implants and getting nose jobs and getting lip injections at a very young age you're talking like 16 no way Yeah. And so we had this, it was four females. Three of us had kids. One young woman didn't have kids, but she's like, I made a good point. She's like, the children are so influenced by celebrity and what they see on TV. And then the three moms were just like, the wrong message is going out. Just like you said, like, my grandmother, you know, has a distinctive German nose, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't have that nose, but some of my cousins do. And it's like, they really wear it with pride because it's like, that's grandma's nose, you know? So we were just brought up that way to kind of embrace your differences, I mean, if it was something horrific, I certainly would consider it cosmetic if something really bothering them. But getting lips like Kylie Jenner or getting large breasts when you're Why 16. 16-year-olds
0: 16 fr- need bigger boobs?
1: I don't know. They're, and plus, their boobs might still grow, maybe. Right. Mine didn't start growing until I had my first kid at 22. My boobs never grew, Kim. Never. They never grew. But 35 before I got new boobs. So I waited. I waited until I was thirty-five, and I'm pretty sure they were not coming in. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. Were not coming in. But that's different. I mean, I paid for them myself, and I was a thirty-five-year-old woman. I did them for myself. I didn't do them for some man, you know. I mean, it was. I didn't even have to buy new shirts. Like that's how small. I don't want to be the girl with the boobs. I just wanted a little bit of boobs. But anyway, it was an interesting conversation about. And it's sad. It's sad that that's how society is. Yeah, you know, that's one thing. I do talk about that a little bit in the book, aging and, you know, fighting the aging, but that's not a failure. And having something look different about yourself is not a failure. You should embrace it. There's many, many amazing people that are known and they have an, you know, an interesting characteristic about them, like a nose or gaps in their teeth or an interesting jawline or whatever. And they wouldn't be them without it. Like, you know, we talked yesterday about Jennifer Gray. She, She changed her nose and we grew to love her with that nose. right? And so when she changed it, it's like, she wait a minute. She was
0: unrecognizable.
1: She was unrecognizable. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, you need to embrace who you are. I don't like the messaging of everything has to be perfect. And that's just not reality. Mm-mm. And it's not important either. Like you said, that's not the most important thing, your aesthetics. I wish we would get away from that.
0: Right. The only reason I would go to a mall these days, just to be totally honest, is to go to Victoria's Secret to get the right size bra. But that's also the least favorite part of going to the mall these days is going to Victoria's Secret to get the least size or to get the best size bra. But Hmm. I mean, I would rather go to the
1: gynecologist. Oh, not me. I would rather go to Victoria's Secret. I don't know what that
0: says about me, though. You know,
1: (laughs) but it just. No, I don't like any poking or prodding. No, I don't like it. Well. This is so off track. The mother
0: of my doctor works at the office, and she's such a sweet woman. So Mm -hmm. I actually just love to go places. I'm an introvert, but I'd love to go places for the conversation now. So how are you doing, Mom? I mean, she's known me for 14 years now, which isn't that long, but she's seen four out of my five children get born. And she's been there when I left my ex and met and then married my husband and she's seen it all quite literally <laughs> She <has laughs> and pun not intended but that uh, was good yeah, yeah.
1: so what yeah. is your favorite failure my favorite failure okay probably the funny fights with my husband that I put in the book my husband and I have a good relationship but I will be honest with you I, I do not take blame or criticism very well. I'm like, what? And so if he points out something that I'm doing wrong, I try to distract them. So for example, uh, one time he was in the shower and he's like, did you use my razor? And I do use this razor all the time because it's super sharp and it's much better than my razor. And, or I'm too lazy to switch the top out on mine. And so I was like, did you just say raver? I'm like, you sounded kind of like you have a list. Like, did you go to speech therapy as a kid? And he's like, Amy, I'm serious. Did you use this? It's like scratching my face. Did you use this on your legs? And I was like, No, I use it on my lady parts. But right then when you said legs, it's like you're putting your tongue too close to your teeth. It's like legs, legs, like you should get that checked out. And he's like, stop trying to distract me.
0: You always do that every time. Oh, my gosh. If that was ever an argument between my husband and I, which it's not because he's like, use my razor. All I would have to do is like put my leg into the shower and say, I don't know, just find out. And that would be the end of the conversation. (laughs) There's a reason why we had so many kids after. Yeah, it's just. With my first husband, we got married in a Catholic church. So we had to go to pre-Cana counseling before uh, we got married, which they should have just actually kicked us out when they found out why we're getting married so fast. Use your imagination, people. It's not very hard to figure out why we had to get married in two months. (laughs) (laughs) Failure. I love my son, by the way. No questions asked about that. He's a pain in my butt, but I love him every second and every day. But they told us that when you're arguing, this is what they teach us in the Catholic Church during pre-Kina, get naked, because it's hard to stay mad at somebody (laughs) if you
1: can see all the body
0: parts flopping around when you're fighting.
1: I do not feel like getting naked when I'm mad at my husband. And actually, he tries to like, kind of get close to me like in a sweet way. I'm like, stay on your side. Mm, Yeah. But then I'm just like, I just need space. And then I settle down and it'll... It'll calm down. Okay. Something else that is in the book that people ask me about all the time, which is kind of funny is I put these three calls like that'll say call from Sharon. And the first one is call from Sharon, the vagina call. So my friend Sharon always calls me and it always sounds like she's been having a conversation for like five minutes. And then all of a sudden she just keeps talking. Like I always feel like have, I missed something. And so she calls me and she's like, Oh my gosh, my vagina is too clean. And I'm like, what? What's happening? Why? Huh? And, um, come to find out she's like in the OBGYN's elevator and they said, quit taking bath. Don't do this. Don't do this. You're actually creating a hostile environment in your vagina. And then meanwhile, she's like telling me the story, but then she's ordering something like at Wendy's, like a burger. And she's like, no, I want the sweet tea. Like all this is going on. And then she'd be like, I got to go by. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so she does that to me all the time. She it calls me a so conversation with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that one, and then there's another call in there. It's like the Sharon call, the horror call. And it's the same thing. She's like, Can you believe he married that horror? And I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about. And here it's like somebody from Buffalo, New York, that was hot in her high school, and he married, and he got divorced, and he married the class horror. And she's livid, and she's going off. And then just as fast as I'm picking it up, she's like, Okay, got to go. Bye. And she's like, Hangs up. So. Anyway, stuff like that. But the other stuff is just like, I think I mentioned like falling down, steps in front of people or, you know, I got fired from Burger King in high school, even though I loved the job. I was a drive-thru girl. It was so fun. And they're like, hey, can you take this spatula and scrape off all the bubble gum underneath the tables? And I'm like, no, I'm the drive-thru girl. And they're like, here's the spatula. And I was like, I can't do it. So they fired me. Just really funny, fun stories.
0: That's amazing. I got kicked off the line at Chipotle. Why? I got kicked off the burrito making line and sent to the cashier <laughs> because my, oh my burritos, gosh, burritos are my favorite thing in the whole world. My burritos would not stay together. They broke every single yeah. time. So I would slow up the line like I would be the one creating the line that was going around the restaurant and looping back around to the cashier of people waiting for their food because I had to remake my burritos like three or four times.
1: You know what? I'll eat any kind of burrito, even if it's messed up. I even have a chapter dedicated to burritos because I was talking about how to I want to lose weight, but I can't because I have a passion for burritos or mm-hmm. anything smothered in cheese, really. I'm getting hungry now. I'm getting hungry, too. I wish we had a burrito.
0: Yeah, me too. That would be absolutely <laughs> awesome. So you were talking about your husband fights. Listeners have heard this before, but if this is your first episode listening, I just need to tell you, Amy, you heard about my cats before. Yes. On Mother's Day 2017, we had one of our very few fights. We've had five fights in six years. What year are we on? No, I guess it would be eight years. Don't tell him I said that. He can't even remember my birthday. I should know how many years we've been together. It was all his fault, by the way. He asked me, What can I do to make it up to you? And I was totally joking. I said, I want three kittens. Oh, my God. He accidentally let my cat Fame. My two cats were Fame and Fortune. He had his own cat, Beasley. He accidentally <laughs> let fame, fame and Fortune don't get along. There's a failure for you. Fame had not been fixed yet. And he accidentally let her out that day. She came back pregnant with five kittens.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Mm-hmm. So that is why we still have two of those kittens in our house doing all types of nasty And yes, sometimes I wish it wasn't like heat index of 120 outside because I would seriously just send them out. Please don't send me hate mail based on that. But if you want to know what I'm experiencing, I will be happy to gift any of you with one or two of
1: these remaining kittens. I mean, you won't hate me so much. That's very sweet that your husband gave you a kitten. I have a story in my book where I'm in China And I'm visiting, I have a girlfriend that lives in China, she's an expat, and her daughter was working on a passion project which involved orphans that um, had cardiac problems, and they all get adopted out. It's it's run by a group in Seattle, but anyway, this orphanage is in, um, I don't even know if you call it an orphanage, I guess it is, but anyway, the children have been given up, and they have cardiac problems and I was kidding and sent a picture of myself and and all the kids have American names because they want, you know, Europeans or Americans or Canadians to adopt them. That's who does adopt them normally. And so the, you know, these little cute Chinese babies are named like Frank and Jennifer. But anyway, so I was holding this baby. I was like, my husband's name's Peter. I'm like, Peter, can I bring Helen home? And I was totally kidding. And you know, you're 12 hours apart in China. And so By the time he got the message, I was in bed, and he starts texting me. He's like, "He's so sweet, Kim." He's like, "I knew there's a reason that you went to China." And how old is Helen? And what are Helen's problems? And can you send me Helen's file? And then by the end of the text, he's like, "Buying a new house for us." He's like, "Now the Rogers down the street, you know, they have a house." I hate the granite; we could change it out, but they do (laughs) have. Like, he's honestly like, "Amy, I know a pediatric cardiac cardiologist. Could you send me Helen's file?" Like, he really thought. I was going to bring this baby back. And it was so sweet. And at first, I kind of fibbed. I was like, well, this is true. All of those babies were already spoken for. All of the babies, or six of them, had somebody was adopting them. And so that's true. But then later, I had to tell them, I'm like, I really had no intention of bringing home a Chinese baby. I can barely handle the four kids that we have, let alone a new baby. So then my daughter was with me and she's like, I thought you were serious. We're going to get a Chinese baby. And I was like, how about we just get a Chinese dog? And she's like, that's even better. You know, and so I'm like, kids are fickle. (laughs) (laughs) And 15 seconds, she's swung from like, you said we could get a baby to like, really? Do we get a dog? I'm like, no, we're not getting either. But anyway, I put that in there. My husband was so sweet. I mean, really, he was going to rearrange our lives to bring home the sweet baby. But all those sweet babies, just so people know, get adopted, all of them.
0: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So my husband told me when we started dating that he was never getting remarried and never having more children.
1: And then what happened?
0: We got married and we had three more. <laughs> I knew the yeah. answer to that.
1: I just wanted to hear you say that. Yeah.
0: It. We thought we were done after the first and went to the doctor to make it official. And they said, "Uh, no, God laughed and he gave you twins.
1: You are kidding.
0: No, so we have three-year-old twins now and a four-year-old. And then the rest of them, we have four others besides them between the two <gasps> oh of us. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my
1: gosh. That's crazy town.
0: Yes. The oldest is his daughter who's 19 and
1: unfriended me on Facebook. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? She'll come around. That really is a hard relationship. Oh, it's totally sometimes.
0: okay. She's stronger um I actually, I'm just putting it out there because I don't think she listens anymore. If she does, it would be very surprising. She needed a job. I hired her to do the show notes and transcriptions for the episodes, but she's sort of negative, would be Mm. a fair way of putting it. Or she was. She's gone through some growth recently. And I think the upbeatness of the episodes really just turned her off. Because when I was in that place of my life where it was always somebody else's fault and there was always crap going on. Sure. I didn't want to hear happy people. And I think that's just where she was. Like, how can anybody's life be that good? I mean, when I was married to my ex, I would watch movies like Sleepless in Seattle. And I'm just going to say the word. You've been so good about saying expletive, but I'm just going to say it. When they said the part, it was like magic. I was like, that's bullshit. (laughs) Really? There is no such thing as magic like that. And then I met my husband and it's still eight years later. Yeah, there is magic as long as it's not like 120 outside. And then that's the case when it's like,
1: stay away. Yeah. You know what? I think back regarding how I was at 19 and uh, my husband's oldest daughter, she just finished her freshman year of college. And it was so funny when she came back from her freshman year of college, of how much she had changed, of, you know, being responsible for her own budget. And, you know, she also works and she's always worked since she was like 16 or something. But it was amazing just the perspective and the, frankly, the appreciation that she had for us that you just can't have when you're in it. I think it's really difficult for teenagers to appreciate what they have in the middle of it. They have to step away. And I know I was the same way too. So there's hope for your stepdaughter and, your relationship. I mean, her brain hasn't even fully developed yet.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I don't feel like I actually started growing up. And I say started because I'm about, I'll be 40 in six months. You know, I'm still growing up. I don't know that I'll ever grow up. Growing up is optional. Growing old is mandatory, something like that.
1: (laughs) It's totally the case of me. Well, it must be fun. I mean, you probably, I'm a podcast junkie as far as listening to them. I mean, I I'm not folding laundry or taking a walk or in my car without listening to podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. And the one thing I love about them is it does give you a new perspective from, I mean, all kinds of things, listening to convicted felon, changing their life or, you know, writers or what motivated them to write or just all kinds of things, you know, civil rights things. And it just, I'm addicted to them and it opens your mind. So I agree with you. I'm going to be, I mean, I'm 47 and there's almost not a day that doesn't go by that I come home. I'm like, you should hear this podcast. And it could be how somebody organizes their day. It could be how marriage tip or a scientific discovery. I just love learning. I still have a big love for learning and I'm trying to pitch I was telling you I'm on this morning show and I'm trying to pitch them one of my favorite phrases to my family is like did you know like right now they just discovered a planet there's a new planet it's like 370 light years away or it could be like a funny celebrity thing like did you know Kanye West used to work at the Gap or did you know Chuck Norris his real name is Carlos like I love useless trivia and so I'm trying to pitch them to do like a did you know segment on the show I
0: love that
1: I I actually just gave my husband
0: one the other day. I gave him a, well, actually my did you know this weekend was coming about as I just saw on Facebook because I have been off Facebook for a while. I'm not glued to Facebook. I was like, I saw on Facebook that there's wind turbines in, I think it's in the Netherlands that they put in between highway lanes, like the highway lanes that are going opposite directions and
1: they're making power off of them. I love stuff like that and it's positive and it's changing the world and yeah, that's right up my alley too. That's why I listen to like a science podcast and of course I'm addicted to like celebrity podcasts. I love hearing, you know, recently I listened to Jordan Peele. You know, he's the writer of um, Get Out and he got an Academy Award and everything that he overcame and how the world was just ready for his movie and um, he's just so humble and, and sweet. But anyway, I'm like you, I'm a, A student of the world. I I love learning new things. I have a podcast recommendation then.
0: What is it? Yours.
1: Besides mine.
0: (laughs) An actor, a comedian, and a musician walk into a bar. That's what it's actually called. Oh my gosh. The subtitle is Shitty Show, Shitty Title. (laughs) But it's Greg Grunberg. Who's been on quite a few TV shows, including, well, my college favorite was Felicity, but he was on Heroes, and he's been on a lot more than that. Like, I just haven't watched any of the recent ones, so I can't give you those names. And then a few of his friends, and they go in, and I was listening to one this weekend. They were interviewing Howie Mandel. It -hmm. was totally off color, but I was so happy that my kids weren't around. Right. But I was just in my chair laughing. My husband came out here to have a serious conversation with me, and he hears what they're talking about. For some reason, the pause button on my MacBook wasn't working. So they just keep on talking, 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 and he's like trying to talk to me. I'm like, I'm trying to stop, and I'm trying to listen to you. And it's like, Howie Mandel talking about watching his wife give birth and what actually happened, and it's like, just stop, stop, stop. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's pretty new, I think. It's like thirty episodes in, so it's, it's definitely binge worthy. Actually, now that I'm looking at my iTunes, it's saying that I've listened to all of them, but I've that's the only one that I've listened to so far.
1: But it was awesome. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I love independent podcasters. You can find them on Twitter. You know, like hashtag Podern Family. Really? Yeah, and there's a whole group of independent people. And if you're not on there, Kim, you should. I don't know how. I think you could probably just start putting Podern Family. I don't know the rules on that. Oh, I, I don't
0: have any problem with hashtag hijacking.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then they all support each other. Like they recommend guests, they share. Like I did this funny podcast. You would like it too because you have a good relationship with your husband. It's called Married AF, which, mm-hmm. you know, stands for married. As. Yeah. And they're really funny and they're local. They're literally like less than 10 miles from my house, even though I've never met them. And so we did the podcast and the beauty of it is like 10 people shared it. Ten other podcasters shared it on Twitter, and so they just have this nice commitment to one another. It's a real nice community. So anyway, modern that's something you can family? think about. Yeah, like instead of modern with an M, it's P modern. Yeah, modern, oh yeah, modern family.
0: Okay. I'm
1: putting that so into check our that out Skype on Twitter chat. if you do a search. Yeah,
0: because with chronic idea disorder, I will forget. Like I get so excited, and that's what happens. And then it will hit me. Yeah, oh and I don't gosh.
1: know the rules. I don't know if they all fall under. There you go. I don't know anything about podcasting other than I like to be a guest on them and listen to them, but I don't know, but I've noticed they're all different topics and they're all independent. And so maybe you could be a part of that.
0: I feel so embarrassed for admitting this. I looked at it after I typed it in and the first thing I saw was not the D and the E in the middle of pattern. So I saw porn family. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no. No. Not <laughs> And you could just reach out Brooke and Randy are the ones that run Married AF and you could just reach out to them and just say, "How do I get in on the Potter and Family thing?" like, "What does that entail?" cuz I don't know anything about it.
0: Oh, I will definitely ask. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and I like to listen to the independent podcasters and obviously I like to be on their shows. And so it's been a win-win. So I have to ask, what is the entertainment mm-hmm. attorney saying, "No." Oh my gosh! I'm so glad you asked that. Okay, so it's been just over one year on my book, and this is so exciting. I'm gonna share this with you. So my little book that I wrote has been a best-selling ebook. It's been bestseller in every category, like the paperback and the audiobook and the ebook. But it's been a bestseller in the ebook in like the top twenty in a hard category. Like my book is. Right next to you, like Trevor Noah, David Sedaris, Amy Poehler, Kevin Hart, Amy Schumer, Chelsea Handler, like my little book is right in there with these amazing books and so, and I've been, you know, trying to promote it. I've been on NPR. I've been so lucky to be on the cover of some magazines. You know, I've gotten a lot of local press. I've been so fortunate to be invited to MC events or whatever. So every time that happens, it's exciting because you get a little bit of press about it, right? Right. So you were not going to believe this. So a couple of things have happened from that. Oh, and I have to give a shout out to podcasters because, okay, I was on a local show called The Kelly Show and, And she's in Atlanta. And it's literally like a Facebook show. She is an actor, has an acting studio, and she has a show. She runs a show out of there and she interviews writers and actors and directors and producers and stuff. And this guy, a director, writer and director, saw me on the show. He went to my Facebook page and he listened to some podcasts. And I had just been on a podcast called The Clean Comedy Hour. Also, you can find the guy on Twitter. Super nice. And he booked me to be in his movie. I just filmed it June 2nd. It's a movie short. So that came out of doing local press and doing a podcast. Wow. It's amazing. But anyway, so that came out of that. And then I was able to land an executive producer named Suzanne Gerva. And our film, I'm allowed to say that my film is in development. And and the attorney that's representing me is that original attorney
0: really that's incredible
1: yes and I respect him and I respect that he has my best interests and he's like okay now you're ready and so he didn't have anything to do with selling my film or making my film or anything you just if you're making a film or you're signing on to do something you need representation and so that's what he's doing he's just basically handling all the paperwork and all that stuff for my movie so that's all of that sweat and heartbreak, and I was so sad, and oh my gosh, I wrote this movie and it's not going to come to be, and then writing my book of failures and trying to get press all over town, it paid off. Wow. And you don't know how it paid off. And so I think when you're talking about productivity, it's like, yes, I had an end of mine. I had passion about this movie, and I wanted to get it made. Yes. But have I had a fantastic, fun year? Yes. So I feel like even if I got the green light to make the movie, have I been enjoying myself doing podcasts and I write for a magazine, I write for a blog, got cast in that movie, getting to MC charity events, all of that is really fun. And so I feel like enjoy the journey, people. Enjoy the journey because if you're a bestseller, you're only going to be happy if you do whatever. Sometimes that's disappointing.
0: You bring up such a great point there. In 2015, 2016, I was on such a different path. I wanted the success that I know is going to happen in the next year, but I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. And I have to say I was on the wrong path. And it just wasn't working. And big detour happened, and it took two more years. But I have enjoyed this new path 100,000%, if that's possible, more than I would have ever enjoyed the other path. Right. Could see how everything for a reason. I mean, he could have given you that good to go on the movie last year, but now you have all those additional connections that you can go back to when the movie releases to now promote the movie too.
1: You're right. And it's like, I have this, I started a writing club at locally and we meet, you know, twice a month. And, and I started that because I didn't know anything about publishing. And so I wanted to find out about publishing. And now I know a lot about self-publishing, and I share all that information. I share, there's a certain person that loves to write about authors or interview authors or whatever, or I'll share a producer's name or a great website on, you know, whatever. And then we solicit information from each other, like, hey, do you have a formatter? Or, hey, who'd you use as a proofwriter? Or, hey, have you ever heard of Booklogics Or whatever, we share that. And it's been so great. And I feel the same way with, like, getting cast in this little movie. My whole goal of the end of the day with the movie. I mean, I do acting because I'm an actor for a nonprofit and I do that. So I'm like always, this is a true story, but people can see me every Sunday as a donkey or grapes or uh, Moses on stage at Brownsbridge Church. But to do an acting role, my whole goal was to learn more about the process and to learn, okay, you're a producer. What do you do? And what's that position? And how'd you get here? And I just, I knew my lines forward and backwards. I showed up, I brought coffee. I felt like I want them... To think she can pull this off she can read the lines or whatever but then also like she came prepared and she's easy to work with and it's paid off like the producer has already contacted me and be like amy would you be interested in a detective role in this film and i'm like yes and so sometimes in do independent films pay well No, I would have done it for tacos. Like literally when I met with the writer, he said, well, this is an independent film. And I said, I'll do it for tacos. (laughs) He goes, I'll pay you something. I'm like, okay, perfect. But sometimes to get where you want to go, you got to just jump in there and almost volunteer to get some of the experience. And then hopefully if you do a great job, that experience will lead to something, the next experience, right?
0: That was not even fair. Now I'm thinking about what would I do for a barbacoa burrito right now?
1: Oh, yeah, barbecue burrito. We're back to burritos, Kim. Mm. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I can hear my coach. Shut up, Kim. You are not doing anything for a barbacoa burrito from Chipotle. Just be quiet (laughs) because you're going to say something because now you're hungry and you're drooling into your microphone. Just keep your mouth shut.
1: (laughs) Well, my husband's like, when are you going to monetize any of this? And, you know, I do make money from the book. And, you know, I'm writing a second book, so I'll make money from that. But luckily, I have some writing jobs that are ongoing. And then so I have a lot of time and freedom to pursue some other things that I want to do. I have the time to do that. Absolutely. Which is a luxury. But, you know, even when I had a full-time job, that's when I was writing my screenplay. I mean, I was a corporate trainer. I traveled all the time. I had a lot of time because I was on the road. I'd be in the hotel room all by myself. And so even if you work full time, if you have a passion for writing or you have a passion for whatever, volunteer or start somewhere. There's so much content needed. Everybody's looking for content. All the magazines have digital presence now and you just send in a writing sample. You read their magazine, you get a feel for it and you send in a writing sample and say, hey, do you think this would be a good fit for your audience, for your readers? And that's how you get started in that.
0: I love that. Yeah. But you won't know unless you ask.
1: You won't know and you get a lot of no's like you can't be discouraged. Sometimes what you want to write about is not like they plan, you know, six months ahead of what the topics are. And so it just doesn't fit into their edition. And so then you could say something like, well, what's the theme for next six months? Because I'd love to submit a writing sample along that. But you get a lot of no's and then eventually you will get a yes. Yeah. That's just how it works.
0: Yeah. Don't submit your Christmas idea right before or after Thanksgiving, that is way too late.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like I get no's all the time, Kim. Mm-hmm. I do. I get told no all the time. But then you told me yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I got to be totally honest. My husband and I broke up at the beginning of our relationship. I scared the crap out of him. And he gave me three months of no's in the time that we were separated. But I knew what I wanted. And so even when you get that no, don't give up. Don't become a stalker by any means. But just keep on improving.
1: Yeah. And if it's work related, try something else. Try, okay, that magazine. You got that no. And then you went out. You did your own thing. You wrote your book.
0: You've been on tons of podcasts. You've gotten onto a show. And that
1: entertainment attorney said yes right yeah that's what I wanted I want to earn I want to make this film and I don't know if you know who Wes Anderson is but I love him he's a filmmaker and you know he made his first film for 50 grand and this film made 300 grand and then then his next film he made for 300 grand and then that film made a million like that I love movies I love comedy writing I want to earn the opportunity to get to work on another film. That's my goal in any capacity. I want to be around filmmakers. I want to be around the industry because I just love telling a story and I love hearing stories. So that's my goal. That's it. It's so, and I love some speaking engagements. I've been doing them on why I shared my most mortifying moments and why you should too. And for like women's groups, and it sounds funny, and I read parts of my book and everything, but I really want the message to get out there. To if you are more authentic, you will have better relationships. This whole social economic, like where do you work, what do you do, you know, where do your kids go to school, all of that, I think, pulls people apart. And that's something I love about movies in the theater and stuff like that. It. Pulls people together. It doesn't matter your social economic background or your race. If you're watching a funny movie, you're watching a funny movie. And now that's something you have in common. I love that about movies and shows and podcasts and all that. So that's my message. I really think that if people approach one another in a more authentic way, Mm -hmm. that all of our loads would be lifted a little bit.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, there's something beautiful when someone says, like when I fell down my steps, at work and I hobbled home I got my car and then I I lived in this high-rise apartment I lived on the 20th floor and there was a woman in there and I told her the story and she listened and then she goes yeah but did you chip your tooth (laughs) I was like no I didn't chip my tooth and then she had a funny story how she fell and she chipped her tooth like really bad and that I mean we laughed so hard like 20 floors up we giggled because she had a funny story too and it made me feel better like well, at least I didn't chip my tooth. And don't you feel that's the same way? Like, if somebody's going through a divorce, or somebody's having a hard time, or somebody's getting laid off from work, sharing that you survived that, I think, is really encouraging to others.
0: Absolutely. I just had to share a quick story, and then we'll wrap up. My husband was stationed in South Korea when he was in the Air Force. And he's a gamer. He's now a video game developer. And he decided that he was going to build his own gaming computer while he was over there. And oh, wow. he, had, he had this, he always describes it as this little older South Korean dude in a shop. I'm using my husband's words here. He would teach him where the parts would go. And then my husband would go back to base and put it together. And he wrapped up building his computer and he took it down to the shop off the base to show him. He plugs it in. He's going to push power and the guy starts yelling, No, 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 no. But my husband pushes power. It flashes on for a minute and then he takes out a whole city
1: block of power. No way. That's so like superhero movie type stuff. Yeah. The the you know, the voltage. It was
0: on base in American Standard is different from what it was off base in this South Korean town. So he blew out the whole block he blew out his whole computer it was worthless he never even got to use it oh my god and the south korean guy says fuse breaker fuse breaker no 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 my husband's game design company when it's up and running is called fuse breaker
1: <gasps> i love that see Yep. it came out of a failure it did it Fuse did. breaker i love that
0: where can listeners connect with you online and learn more about
1: you and everything that you're working on? Sure. I would love if your listeners have a funny failure, airplane failure, coworker failure, dating and relationship failure. They can find me on www.amylisle.me.com. And .com was not available, so it's mm-hmm. me, And that's my Facebook page is the same, me, And my Twitter is just Lyle. And my Instagram is author Lyle. And the Amy Beneger Chemist Lyle Book of Failures, if you can't remember that, just the Book of Failures, it'll come right up for you on Amazon, is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com and also in recently in Barnes & Noble stores. Congratulations. That's so amazing. That was exciting as a self-published writer to see my book in a bookstore. That was cool. Yeah. Oh, I look forward to that day.
0: But I need to control my own chronic idea disorder so I can get chronic idea disorder written. Yes. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget, Amy? And I just want to thank you again. This has been such a blast.
1: Well, thank you. Well, your show is positive productivity. And so my advice is to set aside some time, even if it's only an hour a week, but set aside some time, preferably be an hour a day doing something that you're passionate about to add balance to your life, because we're all working so hard that just looking forward to being able to have something of your own, especially if it's of of a creative thing or it could be volunteering or, I don't know, gardening or whatever your passions are, but making time for yourself, for your passions is worth it. It will make you productive in all other areas to have something that you love and feel good about. That's how I started and I highly recommend it. I think people walk around so angry and they're just trying to pay their bills and, I get that, but they can escape for an hour a day and do something that they love.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.